welcome to the first of our Manson's Clubhouse minis. Uh, the same sort of thing as our like regular episodes, but just condensed down into more bite-sized, audible content. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, small, smaller episodes. Yeah, they just. It's the same shit, but less time was put into it, all of it. Pretty much 20 minutes before we decided to record this one. How dare you, sir? <laughs> this half took at least half an hour. <laughs> and prior knowledge. Uh, so today, leading up to our, to our spooky Halloween uh, spectacular, uh, we are going to be covering the man, the myth, the legend, poisoned Halloween candy. Uh, so we've all heard myths about people spiking candy on Halloween, about razor blades and apples or something. In all, all in all, it's a very North American problem. I can certainly can't remember my mum warning me ever about knives or blades or let alone heroin in any of the sweets when I went out no, trick or treating. I was threatened with a knife once. On Halloween? Yeah. Pretty badass. Was they, were they wearing like a fun costume? Dunno, we kinda of knocked on the door, went trick or treat and pulled the knife and went. Nah. Whoa! That yeah, <laughs> well, that was that was wasn't threatened with a knife. Someone thought it would be funny to someone's dad was like, Hoo to know, it's Newcastle. Yeah, someone it's, could have just been straight up threatening you. <laughs> we didn't hang around. We were we, we were gone. <laughs> you were like No. Uh but do people actually bother going out and doing it? In broad terms, no, people aren't wasting people aren't wasting their drugs on trying to fuck up children. But some people are using drugs to fuck up children, but this really isn't what this podcast is about at all. No way. But there was a case of uh, in 1970 of a five-year-old boy dying after ingesting a huge amount of heroin, and so everyone was like. Everyone in the town of state freaked the fuck out because this kid's died with heroin. Oh my God, there's heroin in the chocolate. Yeah, Everyone's running around. Candy. And the police, as soon as the police investigate it, they just look at the candy and I'm like, yep, some of this has little bits, traces of heroin all over it. So they're like, oh God, they're crazy. And then um, a little bit of investigating they down. So basically what they'd found is the, the boy's uncle lived with them and he just got into a big old brick of heroin <laughs> in the uncle's room. And instead of getting the shame of, oh God, our drug addict brother has killed our son, they sprinkled it over the sh- the, the um, sweets and were like, yep, someone else did this. I like to think the uncle was living like in the basement bit. Oh, definitely a, living in a hundred percent. He was living in the basement bit on a fold out bed. He wasn't allowed to go down there, but he just went there for yeah, the that, scares. That it was... But before we get into some uh, real shit with this, uh, probably one of the first notable cases of the Candyman in inverted commas uh, was in 1959 on October 31st. Halloween. I think almost all of these are on Halloween, aren't they? If what the Halloween? The Halloween well, no, poisonings there is that, um, some that, you know, you the don't... select. So, are you asking, Jack, the selection of intentionally Halloween candied poisonings all happened on Halloween? Well, you can go trick or treating before and motherfucker. After if you go Halloween, well, trick. If you go it. trick or treating before Halloween, you deserve to get poisoned. Exactly. Well, that's why it would be on here. <laughs> fucking outrageous if you turn up at my house on either the first or the 30th of october expecting sweets i'm gonna stab you <laughs> i'm gonna challenge you to that one <laughs> you, you went to stab you 
And I'd be like, hello, officer, I told him. So this is my last podcast. <laughs> On the 31st of October, 1959, a Californian dentist, William V. Schnei, Schnei. decided to take it's things... actually a <laughs> Decided to take things a step too far and... I love this guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a sort of practical joke. I really want to pull. Yes, this is incredible. (laughs) And he decided to give his trick or treaters a trick and a treat at the same time. (laughs) He managed to hand out, and I don't know how, 450 candy coated laxatives. How was he giving kids handfuls of them? Or there was just so many children in this name. It's 59, everyone's walking around doing it, so I suppose. So he, he handed out... 450 candy-coated laxatives to the unsuspecting trick-or-treaters that night. <laughs> no one really knows why. Because <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. Other than the fact it's brilliant. But it's not like he's going to ever see like the fruits of his plans. Doesn't flourish. matter. There's nothing quite like knowing someone will shit themselves. <laughs> you don't have to see it happen. Quite frankly, you don't want to see a load of someone else's shit. I don't want to see that. I want to see the, the, the look. The face change and then that moment, that moment when you're just like, oh no, (laughs) you do a one leg crossing like this just won't do. (laughs) I've been there recently. (laughs) But um, speaking of shit, shit really, (laughs) really gets real when it comes to sharp stuff placed inside of Halloween treats. And by shit getting real, I mean it doesn't actually really happen that much. There's every year there's a there's the load of hoaxes and there's like one or two like pranks gone awry by family or friends. Yeah. Like, oh, I put I'm oh, no, sorry, I put that giant razor blade inside of your muffin. It was a, a joke. It was a <laughs> Halloween joke. <laughs> but um, so it didn't really happen, in, especially in America, until about the year 2000, when in Minneapolis, James Joseph Smith uh, allegedly stuck needles into a load of Snickers bars. And then like, handed them handed them out. Loads of children, but then literally just broke the Snickers bars in half. And then they were like, there's needles. One teenager bit into it. I don't even think he bit into it. He got pricked by the needle, I think, when like opening it. So he got uh, arrested with like one count of uh, causing, what is it, uh, altering substances with intent to cause harm. <laughs> so no real actual deaths at all or razor blades. In anything. No real harm done. No. Uh, there's like several other cases that I've um, linked between like Halloween candy and young children dying. In 1978, Patrick Weatherhold, it was a two-year-old boy from Flint, Michigan, died after eating candy. However, after doing numerous tests, and the toxicologist report came back where there was nothing in poisoning system and he was just later determined he died of natural causes so it's just I mean shit sad but then the whole town every soon if it happens the town everyone like starts freaking out yeah and in this one was in uh, 1990 a girl called Ariel Katz she was seven years old from Santa Monica in California she died whilst trick-or-treating that's pretty sad yeah she died whilst trick-or-treating and even though her parents told the police that uh, she had been diagnosed with a heart condition like the press like ran just ran with it and was like, Oh, this died from me, even though she died off like an enlarged heart. Well that's just a press fear monger. Oh, yeah. literally it's a perfect example of it. It's outrageous. Two thousand and one, a four year old girl in Vancouver died after eating some Halloween candy. However, again, there was no evidence that that was poison candy. 
and she actually died of a... Oh, streptococcus. A streptococcus. It's a horrible infection. <laughs> it's a real horrible infection. Surely she would have known about that beforehand. You know, it gets you really quickly. Like, oh, there was really? a woman... Yeah, there was a woman at the place I work at. She got, um, she got a skewer while she was cleaning something, and there was, like, an old skewer went under a nail, oh. like, and into her skin, and she cut it in her finger. Like, had she not gone to the doctor, like, a day later, she would have said she would have lost her arm. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking crazy. So I think it's time that we... Actually, we talk about the big, like, the origin of where the, like, the Halloween candy poisoning comes from. And it's this fucking dickhead. Yeah, he's a bit of a prick. Ronald O'Brien. So, Ronald O'Brien lived with his wife in Deer Park, Texas, and their two children, son, Timothy, and daughter, Elizabeth. Uh, He was a deacon at the church. Oh. I don't know if you knew that fact. I don't even know what a deacon is. Neither do I, but I, I couldn't understand the when I clicked on Deacon and got the description. Didn't really understand what it meant. I think it just means you kind of work for the church yeah, and yeah. in a religious basis. One of the yeah, but then so was I think BTK was also a Deacon. Oh, well. <laughs> same standards. Yeah, you know, runs in the family. Uh, bit of background on O'Brien. He had a bit of well, some money problems. Uh, I think he liked to spend money he didn't have yeah. and didn't like working. <laughs> About $100,000 in debt. I mean, and that's in the 70s. Yeah, it's that's that's a lot of debt. A hell of a lot of debt. But anyway, he decided, along with his neighbour, Jim Bates, to take their children out trick-or-treating on the 31st of October, 1974. Halloween. Halloween in Halloween time. Unfortunately, it was absolutely fucking pissing it down. So the trick-or-treating was very limited options, and in fact, they only actually went down two streets. Poor hall, really. Yeah, those poor kids, they didn't didn't really get much apart from murder. Well, what they did get, though, was they went to one house... Basically, the setup for the night, I think, was O'Brien would take all the kids to the front doors, knock on the door, make sure the kids weren't being stabbed or abducted by Mm -hmm. whoever was in the neighbourhood. By strangers. While Jim Bates would stand at the bottom of the the driveway, the porch, whatever, and just keep a lookout. Yeah, He was along for the ride. Makes sense. Standard Um, protocol, really. So they obviously did a few houses, and then they went to one house, and O'Brien was seen going around the side of the house and then coming back with some sweets. And he claims that the person cracked the door open slightly. You know, if the weather's mm-hmm. that bad, you probably don't want to get outside on the porch. Just give a load of uh, and sugar just... sticks and slide some sugar sticks through the uh, little gap in the Careful, door. this isn't dodgy, this isn't dodgy. No, this is completely normal, what normal people do. Yeah. Enjoy your night. And then they carried on trick-or-treating for the rest of the night. And then they went back to... A uh, friend's house, and obviously, as you do with kids, yeah, you start eating. You start eating. You're like, um, holy shit, yeah, sweets, free sweets, stranger sweets. Possibly the weirdest part of the night, O'Brien leaped over the coffee table to prevent one of his friend's eight year old sons eating one of the candies gotten from that house. Oh, so you're saying he didn't want to kill that child? No. Um, but but why would he react so that way? Wasn't there enough candy to share amongst all of the families? Probably was. Everyone could have had a bit of that candy. Well, it turns out four or five people could have had a bit of that <laughs> yeah. candy. Four or five people were handed this particular bit of candy. 
It was. It's referred to as a pixie stick in America. Yeah, pixie stick. It's, it's those like, yeah. tubes of sugar. It's yeah. tubes of the sherbet, essentially. Some orange it's a sherbet. sherbet. God, I miss them. You miss a sherbet stick? Yeah. Really? It's just sugar. I know it is. You can just eat sugar. <laughs> but it's not flavoured, though. Sugar's not flavoured. So flavor. if I get... I, I'll go and... I Because I know how much you love a paper straw. I'll go to Mackey's, get a load of paper straws, and I'll just get some sugar and some food colour in. <laughs> I'll just mix it, it up for you. Yeah. And I'll just pour it into the tubes. and You can have them whenever you like. <laughs> you can just... You can pour it into I the can, and Do you know what? I 100% promise you there will never be cyanide in it. Wink, wink, wink. 100% promise <laughs> So later that night, how old was young Timothy anyway? I think Timothy was seven years old, if I yeah. were correct in my thinking. But he also gave one to his daughter. And the thing I need to tell you about these uh, pixie sticks, you know how there's the sealed plastic tops or paper? Yeah. He had cut them open. Sorry, no, these in question, not him. Not him, in, these in question. Oh, not him. No, uh, they had been tough and just stapled shut again. Which is dodgy in the first place. Like, if someone stapled the sweets shut back You know, shut. normal how they look, with staples in. That's how they come, mm. straight from the factory. <laughs> so later that night, Timothy, on his way to bed, goes, Dad, can I have some sweets? Of course you can, Timothy. Gives another little, little punch from the shovel. <laughs> and then Anything thing. for you, son. Eat this one. Well, no, I think Timothy actually just... He wanted the pixie stick. He wanted the pixie stick. So unfortunate. Any of the sweets. Any of the sweets would have done. Yep. Nope. He was like, yep, it's pixie stick time. Do you know what he did, though? When he was like, yep, pixie stick one, he couldn't get it open because of the staple. So then afterwards, so uh, what's his face? Ronald was like, yep, don't worry. I'll open that for you. Opens it up for him. And then he can't get the bloody... Sweets out, you can't get the sugar out of the stick. Well, I imagine because it's got wet now on the top, so you never came out. So he's like, Oh, well, um, don't worry, I'll help you get it out. So then he helps him get like softens, breaks up all the powder, and helps him do it. And then afterwards, he gives him, he's like, Oh, that tastes horrible. So he's like, Oh, here, have some Kool Aid, (laughs) go to bed. Always drink the Kool Aid in this point. Always drink the Kool Aid, it's literally the exact mixture, except he had actual brand, it's not like bloody Jonestown flavor aid bollocks. Timothy went to bed with a bit of a bit of a ill stomach that night. Uh, t- I don't even think Timothy made it to the bed. I think Timothy would have drank that because had his sign. Uh, sorry, had his pixie stick, drank his Kool Aid, and then immediately gone to the bathroom. At which point, yeah, it was sweet dreams for little Timmy. Because after tests were conducted, they'd found that Timmy had enough cyanide, potassium cyanide, in his system to kill like four adults. <laughs> like. He had overkilled this poor boy. But at this point, we his daughter has a pixie stick from said house. Mm-hmm. Numerous other kids have there's, pixie sticks. There's from three st- other children with yeah. pixie sticks. All at any point could be about to eat these. Yeah, we, we got three. We got at least three pixie sticks in play. Yeah, <laughs> anyone could take them. Luckily for them, none of them did. Uh, his daughter didn't take it, obviously, because. She wasn't stupid. <laughs> and her brothers just died en route to hospital. Yeah. So she wasn't in a sweet mood. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't in the mood. But if only I could have some sweetness. <laughs> no sweet dreams for her. Um, <laughs> he didn't say sweet dreams for little Timmy. We said game oh. over. Ah, oh, missed opportunity. Damn it. Never mind. Well, Get all that one eventually. Hard editing. So obviously this was then investigated by the police and thankfully those pixie sticks were all 
taken away. I think it was mass hysteria in the community. Oh, of course, because everyone was like, holy shit. But it took probably, I'm assuming, 10 minutes for them to realise, oh, you walked down two streets. And then after they went to the person's house, who he told them, apparently they had 200 witnesses collaborating that he was at work, the guy whose house it was. Yeah. So they were like, uh, no. So then, um, when they started investigating, uh, old Ronald, they realised how much ridiculous debt he had. They also found the life insurance that he had taken out on his son and daughter. And then that he just kept topping up <laughs> like every day. And then like the day after he died, they called, he called up the insurance to try and get the money. But he was also bragging about, about stuff at work with people saying, oh, you know, financially things are going to change massively for me. Things are going to get so much better. Very soon, I can, you know, I'm like, and he was also walking around asking people how much cyanide (laughs) it would take to kill people. Yeah. So I think that might have been the biggest downfall of his plan. What, he was walking around being like, how do I kill my child with cyanide? Um, No, no, uh, hypothetically, hypothetically, allegedly. (laughs) No, you're all ignorant. So um, he was, when they decided, yep, it was obviously you. Even though that the police couldn't find out exactly where he got his cyanide, uh, they were he was arrested and charged with one count of murder and three count ca- one sorry one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. He pled not guilty to all of the charges and stated simply that the poisoned Halloween candy was his defence. That was his entire <laughs> defence. He was like, "Hey, hey, this poisoned can't remember." Remember? Remember? Remember all the poison Halloween candy? Remember? No, he was the first one, so there wasn't any, there wasn't anyone to remember, so they just had the hysteria of it. So uh they, I'm gonna give you some important numbers now. So after his uh his tri- his trial and they were also sorry, during his trial it came out that he had gone to a chemical supply store to buy cyanide but was turned away because the most he could buy was, the smallest amount he could buy was five pounds. <laughs> so he was like, oh, no, I need much less than that. <laughs> I need about yay. You know, just enough to kill a couple of kids. <laughs> Is that a spoonful? So, so uh, yeah, after, during his trial, this is some, some important numbers out. It took the, the, the jury 46 minutes to find him guilty. And then it took him them a further 76 minutes, 71 minutes to sentence him to death. <laughs> Shortly after which, his wife was like, we should get a divorce. <laughs> so, uh... I'm surprised it took her that long. It, yeah. After the first arrest, I'd probably go... Yeah. Divorce? Anyone? Do you want to so, sign these divorce papers? <laughs> they're like, yep, um, you're signing them. So after uh, numerous, obviously, appeals and stay of executions and such... He eventually finally got his time in, well, to be sentenced to death, and it was on March 31st, 1984. And uh, so he was sentenced to death by lethal injection. And uh, during during the moment he was being put to death, there was 300 people gathered outside screaming trick or treat whilst pelting anti-death penalty like protesters with, with sweets. It's, it's possibly my favourite protest of yeah. all time that I've ever read about. I want to. I'd say that's that's the one I'd want to be at. It's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, 
people have probably got cyanide in the kitchen as well. Without realizing, <laughs> I know I do. No, 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 I don't. <laughs> don't no cyanide here. I was while well, we we're quickly looking up this. Apparently, the seeds in apples, mangoes, and peaches contain trace elements of cyanide. Apple. Except you have to eat. You've got to eat loads, ton. but also because you don't you don't really break them down. You just kind of put them straight out if you eat a seed. Yeah, but that's why they, when you get like Nutribullets, they put a big warning like don't put whole apples in this because the seeds will fucking kill you. Oh. So yeah, you know the more you know. There's also the university professor of Delaware, Joel Best, who's been investigating stuff like this, the trick or treat yeah. and poison candies, knives and stuff like that. Has said. He's yet to find a case in which a stranger has deliberately poisoned trick-or-treaters other than the, uh, obviously, doc, the uh, dentist with yeah. the uh, laxatives. But uh, it's, it's just a contemporary legend that just sparks anxiety. Well, yeah, it's like, it's the cautionary tale, isn't it? It's like, because even though we're everyone both telling their kids to go get sweets, it's still like, yeah, but don't really get sweets. Don't take anything off a stranger. Unless it's Halloween. Halloween. But also, it could be poisoned. And also, Halloween's the scariest time of the year. Exactly. Where all the monsters are out. So if you're going to take sweets, take it on that day from a stranger. Yes, it's the perfect time to take it. And yeah, that's kind of like the little our little amuse-bouche of the history on like Poison Halloween kind of So it's not, again, it's kind of just apart from that dude, who's a fucking moron, uh... <laughs> It's kind of, just, yeah, it's just, it's not real. But yeah, it's not real. Don't worry about it. Eat all the sweets you get. All the stranger sweets. In um in Spain, uh, you actually have, there's a day when they go around, It's there's no real trick-or-treating, but what they do, a weird strange sweet day, is uh, during like the Three Kings, so in like the 6th of January, there's, they have floats and they just throw sweets from the floats and you just pick it. The kids can't catch it, so they just throw loads and loads and loads and you go around off the floor picking it up, which is uh-huh. even weirder. They're in uh, I mean, that's not the worst I've heard. No. I did a event at the Student Union bar where it was popcorn being just given shit. out. Oh! And they were literally just spraying popcorn that's out of it. so horrible. And everyone was just like trying to grab it and get it. And it was landing on the front of the stage and people were just like coming on and eating it off the stage. How much? How um, like... the problem is, once you've got like a f- half a foot of popcorn on the ground, oh, it was I'll eat the top layer. What, when people are still spilling, like, snake bites all over? Oh, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, if everyone's in a sterile room, <laughs> everyone's wearing, like, butterproof suits. <laughs> like, yeah. you look like weird little sperms running through all the field of popcorn. <laughs> I'm getting for that. Just all of this thing every week. That's what, like, what the Hellfire Club gets up to on a Tuesday. <laughs> right. Um, let's, uh, let's close this little mini out. Uh, yeah, anything again, reach us uh, either on our Instagram at 109 Ocean Avenue or you can email us at 109 Ocean Avenue at gmail.com. Peace. Later.